Establish thy righteousness, save your friend. To the great three in one, eternal praises run. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him his name in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray thee thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, poor sinful being. On this sure confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be put to shame and confusion who seek my life.
May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever amen make haste O god to deliver me O lord make haste to help me lord have mercy upon us be to God on high. We praise Thee, we bless Thee, we worship Thee, we glorify Thee, we give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father, begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sin of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art the Lord. Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, by your gift alone, your faithful people render true and laudable service. Help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises and finally obtain your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Old Testament lesson for this, the 12th Sunday after the Trinity, is written in the 29th chapter, 
the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the 17th verse. Is it not yet a little while until Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and a fruitful field shall be regarded as a forest? In that day the deaf shall hear the words of a book, and out of their gloom and the darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord, and the poor among mankind shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. For the ruthless shall come to nothing, and the scoffers cease, and all who watch to do evil shall be cut off, who by a word take a man out to be an offender, and lay snare for him who reproves in the gate. With an empty plea, turn aside him who is in the right. Therefore thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall no more be ashamed, no more shall his face grow pale. For when he sees his sons, the work of his hands in the midst, they shall sanctify his name. They will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and will stand in awe of the God of Israel. And those who go astray in spirit will come to understanding, and those who murmur will accept instruction. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. The epistle lesson is written in the 10th chapter of St. Paul's letter to the church at Rome, beginning at the 9th verse. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? And how will they hear without someone to preach? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. For they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the Lord who has believed what he has heard from us. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Alleluia. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Alleluia. Hallelujah. 
Holy Gospel is written in the seventh chapter of St. Mark, beginning at the 31st verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, through the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they besought him to lay his hand upon him. And taking him aside from the multitude privately, he put his fingers into his ears. He spat and touched his tongue. And looking up towards the heavens, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be open. And his ears were open, and his tongue was released, and he spake plainly. And he charged them all to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. This is the glory, this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, I'm his Father before all worlds. Light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the third day. Both the quick and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. and drives away his fear. 
It makes the wounded spirit hold, it calms the troubled breast. Lives man not to the hungry soul and to the weary rest. Did name the rock on which I built my shield and hiding place. My never failing treasury filled with the boundless grace. the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, without deciding which of the healings must, apart from the acceptance of the Christian faith, be regarded as authentic miracles, we can, however, indicate the kind of miracle involved. We can, for it is the character of its character can easily be obscured by the somewhat magical view which many people still take of ordinary medical healing. There is a sense in which no doctor ever heals. Not really. The doctors themselves would be the first to admit this. The magic is not in the medicine, but in the patient's body. The recuperative and self-corrective energy of nature. What the treatment seeks to do is simply to stimulate the natural functionings or to remove what hinders them. We speak for, for convenience of the doctor or the dressing healing the wound, but in any other sense, really the wound heals itself. For no cut can be healed on a corpse. That same mysterious force which we call gravitational when it's moving the planets, or, bio, or biomedical when it's healing a patient in the hospital, ultimately proceeds from God. God is the one who cures all. Not merely in the sense that his providence provides them with medical assistance in a wholesome environment, but but in the very real sense that their very tissues are repaired by the far-descended energy which flows from him, energies that energizes the whole system of nature. But once, he did this visibly to the sick people of Palestine, a man meeting with men, the power that was always behind all the healings, chose to put on a face and take to himself human hands. And that is who the deaf-mute man encounters here in today's gospel lesson. He encounters the healing force of God as God incarnate of the Virgin Mary and made man. We see him come into our sin-corrupted world to a man whose ears and mouth are broken 
by the fallen brokenness of our planet, and he corrects them. He unbreaks them. He returns them to the way they were meant to be. And we see this when we read in in Mark 7, how they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment of speech, and they begged him to put his hands upon him, and he took him aside from the multitude. He put his fingers in his ears, and he spat, and he touched his tongue. And then looking up to heaven, he sighed, Ephatha, be opened. And the man who could not hear and could not speak began to do both. What are we to conclude from this? I think we saw a miracle, didn't we? A miracle. Or did we only see one miracle? Maybe there was more miracles there than just one. Or maybe one overarching miracles and several sub-miracles. It's an interesting question, I think. Because I would submit to y'all this morning that there are at least five miracles. And, and really, maybe even we should say six miracles within this one miracle. I think there's a miracle of location. There's a miracle of participation. There's a miracle of creation. There's a miracle of incarnation. And then there's a miracle of confession, at least. The location is the first miracle, and it really is a miracle. And the reason why I say it's a miracle of location is because our gospel lesson this morning places a lot of emphasis on where Jesus was going, that he was in the region of Tyre, and he went through Sidon, and then he came through Galilee, and he went through the, and he was in the Decapolis. Now, when, when, when you're unfamiliar with that, that area, you might think, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense that he was doing this. But if you're familiar with the geography of the Holy Land, for me to say that, that, that you went from Tyre to Sidon to Galilee to Decapolis is almost like saying, well, he, he drove from Mobile to Chicago, but he went first to L.A. to get there sooner. It's crazy, right? It, it doesn't make sense that he would go that way. So there must be a reason why that is what it's, it, that's the reason it's being talked about. And I think the reason is the location. Because this, this realm of the Decapolis was, was land that was given to Israel. It was part, at one time, part of Israel's territory. It was part of what's called the Northern Kingdom. In fact, you know, you know the, during the time of Joshua, that area was all conquered by God's people. It became the Holy Land became part of the patrimony of Jacob, and yet the, the Hebrews lost it. Why did they lose it? Well, because God made it very clear to them in, in Deuteronomy 30, where God said, I have set before you today life and good and death and evil, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you Go now to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, then I announce to you today that you will perish. And I will call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, and I will set before you a blessing and a curse. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live that you may love the Lord your God, and that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. And did they listen? 
course they didn't. Of course they didn't listen. By the end of Judges 1, they begin to lose. And all the book of Judges and all the first and second Samuel and all of Kings and all of Chronicles, we read again and again and again how the children of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And prophet after prophet after prophet was sent to them to call them to repentance and call them to life and beg them to hear the words of the Lord, and they would not. So that finally Elijah, one of the greatest prophets that ever existed, one of the two uh, saints that were chosen by Christ to be at the, at the transfiguration, he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, but the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant and they have torn down your altars and they have murdered your prophets with a sword and I alone am left and they seek to take my life. And so finally, after all these repeated calls to repent, Israel was handed over to the Assyrians and the Assyrians came in and butchered them. And the ones that didn't die were let off into slavery and they exist, they, they disappear from the face of the pages of history. And Gentiles were, were transplanted in their place. So the region of the Decapolis, which once had been Yisrael, becomes Gentile. Tyre and Sidon, which were given to Yisrael, become Gentile. And yet no more. Because Jesus, by going to those places, Jesus as the second to Israel, as, as, the, as, the, as, the, as the new Israel, who will be obedient where the first Israel failed, this new Israel, this, this, this new Adam, this new Messiah, this, this true Messiah, when he goes to Tyre and Sidon in the region of Galilee and the Decapolis, it's Israel returning to the land that belongs to it. He is reclaiming it and he's bringing his gospel of eternal life to those lands that have been so long bereft of it because the people rejected it so long ago. It's pretty amazing. It's a miracle of location. It's a miracle of location. The second miracle is that the deaf man wasn't seeking God, right? We hear all the time, you know, you need to, you need to decide to believe in Jesus. You need to become a Christian. You need to do it, right? It's, it's on you. Is it on you? You know, we say, you know, when it comes to baptism, we always quote Mark 10, 14, let the little children come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. But do you understand that little children, the term little children, does not always refer to children. It refers to unbelievers. Because unbelievers are like little children. What's the problem with a little child? The problem is not that they're, it's not, that they're not intelligent. It's just that they don't know the truth. They haven't been taught yet. Right? It's so easy for us who come to church some to sit in judgment on others and say, well, they should know better. Should they? You think that? You really think that's true? They should know better? Well, maybe some of them should. Certainly the ones that have been confirmed and don't come to church anymore know better. But the rest of them, do they know better? I mean, St. Paul says in today's epistle lesson, he says to the Romans, how shall they call on him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear when they do not have a preacher? So when's the last time we, who call ourselves Christians, and, and at least attend the church occasionally, when's the last time we've deliberately read the Holy Scriptures? 
in, with, with the intention of learning from it and doing what it says. I don't know. A fellow Western Kentucky graduate once wrote, he said, there's a longing, there's a longing, a hunger for bread. And so comes the call for the poor to be fed. More hungry by far are a billion or more who wait for the bread of the word of the Lord. So many books and so little time and so many hungry and so many blind. They starving for words. They wait in the night to open a Bible and move towards the light. And there'll come a time, the prophets would say, when the joy of mankind will be withered away, a want not for water, but a hunger for more, a, a, a famine for hearing the word of the Lord. A famine for hearing the word of the Lord. We're in that famine right now. And you know what the tragedy of it is right now? The thing that wants that to fight back the tears is because it's self-imposed, but it won't be forever. No, that, that the famine will be imposed upon us eventually. But right now, it's not true. Michael Card is right. There's a famine for hearing the word of the Lord. And sadly, so many of us are willingly, intentionally, voluntarily in, in, engaging in this famine. We're starving ourselves spiritually to death. And yet, how does this deaf man's famine end? It, it, it ends because somebody else brought him to Christ. He didn't bring himself. He was brought to Christ. And that is the miracle of participation, that some other Christian, some other person said, I'm going to take you and I'm going to bring you to Jesus because you can't find him on your own. Should we not be doing the same thing? Bringing the lost, the strayed, the starving to Christ. Yes, we should. And the third miracle is creation, the miracle of creation. And this is, the, this is what most people think is the miracle, right? That Jesus, you know, he takes the man aside and, and, he, and, he, and he places his fingers in his ears and he spits on his hand and he touches his tongue and he looks up to heaven and he says, Ephatha, be open, and the man, his ears are open and he can hear and he can speak. That's the miracle of creation because ears and mouth that wouldn't work, whether they were created that way or whether they had been degraded by disease or sin or something else, now they work. His hearing is recreated. His speech is recreated. We see the miracle of creation, literally creation ex nihilo, where God speaks and his words create the thing they describe. Be opened, and they are. And he begins to speak. And this is made possible by the next miracle, which is the miracle of the incarnation. You see, because, because as I said, quoting C.S. Lewis earlier, God's healing power had put on hands and had taken upon himself a human face. Yes, Jesus, as the second Israel, as the second Adam, the one who would succeed where the first Adam and the first Israel failed, the sinless servant of God, very God of very God, begotten, not made, yet incarnate of the Virgin Mary and made man, the incarnatus est of God, the, the incarnate God, 
comes to this deaf man and he heals him. And he knows who did it because it's God, God incarnate. It's the miracle of the incarnation. Malachi the prophet predicted this. He said, but unto you who fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Malachi 4 verse 2. And also Isaiah declares that, when, that then the lame shall leap like the deer and the, and the mute tongue will shout for joy for the waters will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And we see these waters, these baptismal waters that gush forth foreshadowed, foreshadowed when Jesus spits into his hand and touches his tongue, right? Because the spit of Christ, what is that? That's the waters of of his body. That's water connected to his presence. And by touching his tongue, right? I mean, that's also pointing to his words, words that also are contacting the water of of his body, that's the reason why, according to the ancient laws of the church, that if no other water is available, that, one, that you could touch your tongue and make the side of the cross on the forehead of the person, and that is a baptism, if the word of God is, is said as well. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If no other water is available, that, that is sufficient in, in a crisis, according to the belief of the ancient church. And that's what Jesus did. He spat and he touched his tongue. And when he did this, he's calling us to understand that baptism isn't simple water only, but it is the water which is included in God's command and combined with God's word. And that it works forgiveness of sins and rescues from from death and the devil and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this as the words and promises of God declare. Which is exactly what healed this man. When he is healed, we see the miracle of confession, right? Because the fact that you confess your faith before men is, is a miracle, right? So many claim to be Christians, but never once. Who would know? Huh? Who would know? But he doesn't, everyone knows he's a believer, because as soon as he is healed, Immediately, his ears are open, we read, and the impediment of of his tongue is loosed, and he spake plainly. And the sense is that he's proclaiming what God had done for him. He's praising God. And we see this so many times in the Gospels that when somebody is healed, they are praising Jesus, and Jesus has to, like, calm them down. Please stop. Don't don't tell anybody. And they they just can't stand it. They're just so excited. They just say it and say it and say it, and they don't care who hears it. Yes, because baptism, Jesus' words connected with water, causes the born again to want to make disciples of all nations, but to want to teach them everything that Christ has commanded us. Yes, because true faith will not allow the light of God to be held under a bushel. From the depths of the heart, the mouth must speak. So that when they were told by the Sanhedrin, when the Sanhedrin commanded them not to speak nor teach in the name of Jesus, Peter and John answered and said to them, we cannot but speak of what we have seen and what we have heard. Yes. And they did. And eventually it would cost them everything in this life. They didn't care because they have everlasting life in Christ. Peter 
was crucified for not stopping to speak, and John was exiled. Now, if we confess Christ before men, Jesus promises us that he will confess us before our Father who art in heaven, which is the fruit of the miracle of his free gift of salvation unto us, which is the greatest miracle of all, that we might be saved by grace through faith. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, I want to welcome everybody this morning. It's great to have all of y'all here. Um, uh, Aaron and the kids would like to thank everybody for their kindness and support during this very difficult time. Um, we're glad to see Aaron and, and y'all here today, the kids here today. It's, I'm really happy to see you in the house of the Lord. Also, the elders, please note the blue news. The elders also, um, just to, you know, we're, we're encouraging people to wear masks when they can. Um, also, their hand sanitizer and mask in the back uh, for those. We're just trying to do this because right now our area of Alabama is, is still fairly, uh, we have a fairly large surge going on with COVID. So we're just trying to do what we can to, to help a little bit. Uh, also, Swaddling Clothes is going to be August 7th, and, uh, in, or, or it was August 7th, and, and our winter, anyway, so we served 13 families, uh, two new families. So uh, the next, uh, next shopping day will be uh, September 4th. Also, if you noticed our light there, um, According to the uh, council meeting on, on Tuesday, uh, that light needs to be rewired. So it's just, 
I don't know, some of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, sometimes it's on, sometimes it's not. So just, uh, it's not crazy, it's just, uh, I know I noticed it too. But anyways, note the blue news for everything else. Uh, we'd love to have you guys. We're also doing a Bible class on Zoom Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 10 to 11.30 on Judges. And then come, come fall, I'm going to also have that same class at 6 a.m. Uh, on Fridays as well. So we look forward to restarting that uh, in the fall. Good. And then we do have one prayer request. It's from the Beaches, and it says, Good news at the doctor. Now, Beaches, I'm not sure what that, me- what that good news means. Is it, is it the good news that I was made aware of a few weeks ago, possibly? Can I tell them? Is that okay? Okay, so Miss Corey uh, is uh, with child. So uh, we, want, we congratulate you on that good news. We're, we're so excited. So good. Lord's blessings. Let us pray. In peace, let us pray to the Lord for the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom. Let us pray to the Lord for this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and praise. Let us pray to the Lord for Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people. Let us pray to the Lord for our nation and all our people, for our president and Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates, and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, especially uh, we pray this day for Bob, Jackie, and Doris, for Eddie and Norma, for Kim and Suzette, for Bill and Sandra, for Hunter and Chris, Gail and Therese, Marion and Clayton, Meredith and James, for George and Larry, Dean, Earl and Suzette, Bob and Mallory, Mark and Hank, Sandy, Megan, Isaac, Haley and Marilyn. We also pray for Martha, John, Patty, Cecil, Michelle, Carl, Karen and Jimmy, Tina and Ainsley, Kevin and Ron, Mary, Ellen, Brian, uh, Natalie, Thelma, Jesse, Ralph, Theo, Easton, Janice, Doug, Fallon, Colby, Jamie, Audra, and Francis. And we also pray for the families of our parish who mourn, especially the Gershenschlager family, Johnson family, the Williams family, the Bird and Ulrich families, the Gibbons family, the Miles family, the Ellis, Smith, and Overy families. And we also pray for all those serving in our country's armed forces, especially Riley and Paul, Turner and Paul, and Hayden. And we pray, Heavenly Father, also for those that are our university students, including Colleen and Noah, Harrison and John, Katie and Dylan, Audrey and Dylan, Sarah, Olivia, Jason, Jacob, Minnie, uh, Emma, and Thomas. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ's holy church. Let us pray to the Lord. We're calling those who've gone before us in the faith and to share with them the and to, and to, and to rejoice and to share with them the Sabbath rest which Christ has won for his people. That together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. We pray especially this day um, for uh, Corey and all who are mothers. Almighty and everlasting God, the Father, creator of all things, who by thy grace, through thy Son, our Lord, 
who has redeemed us from sin and make us the anguish of our human birth a holy and salutary cross. We pray thee, O gracious Father, Lord and God, that thou wouldst preserve and guard over the work of thy hand to be with those women who are with child, to forsake them not when they cry out in their travail and deliver them out of all their pains to, be, to their joy and to the glory of thy goodness. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And we also pray for all of those Americans who are um, stranded in Afghanistan. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you watched over Abraham and Sarah in their many years of pilgrimage. You watched over the Magi and led them safely to the infant Christ and then home again another way so that Herod would not impede them. We pray for all of our countrymen who are in Afghanistan right now. We pray that you will make a way for them to leave that country in safety and in peace so that their homecomings would be joyful.